0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast focused on helping us understand the process of loss and grief with the help of those who are living it. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 86. Through this show, you and I will examine the details we've discovered during our grief journey. We will share our experiences through the podcast, the blog, and on social media while building a community that desires a more open understanding of what grief is how it affects us all, and how best to navigate its difficult path. Be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. And if you like what you hear on the show, please share an episode on the podcast with someone you know who could benefit a community that understands the path they are currently on. Now, in this episode, I've chosen to share with you a list, I believe, is quite important in helping us understand grief on a much deeper level. Oftentimes, I see or hear stories of someone who has experienced a friend or a family member in their life not quite understanding how grief affects them, two, three, or even 10 years after their loss, perpetuating the misunderstanding of the depth of grief and why there is truly no end to grief. I believe this discussion will shed some light on this and allow you to walk away with a better understanding of the forever of grief and why that is. like to share with you an interesting examination and actually an insight of two views of life with grief. I actually ran across an Instagram post on hashtag grief awareness page and it struck me as something most may not consider either as someone who is actually grieving or more accurately someone who is supporting another one's loss. And that person ultimately trying to understand the depth of that loss, they're the important ones that I'd like to speak to right now. You see, the post simply had two lists. The first was titled, What the World Thinks I'm Grieving. And the second was titled, What I'm Actually Grieving. And the twist here is that the first list had only one item, my person. And that was for What the World Thinks I'm Grieving. Well, the second list had eight items, and that's where the insight comes in. That is where I feel much of the misunderstanding of grief is rooted. Not truly understanding the depth and the details of grief. I believe if you understand this, you can better understand what a grieving friend is actually going through. Those things that they don't Tell you. Hopefully, the side effect of this understanding will be finally reducing the many myths that are associated with grief, one of which is the lack of understanding why there is no end to grief and why someone can still be grieving their loss years after the death. So let's dive into the second list titled, What I'm Actually Grieving. Now here's a list in full, and then I will comment in detail on each item and what that means to someone who is grieving. What I'm Actually Grieving. Number one, my person. Number two, the person I used to be before they died. Number three, the dynamics with everyone else in my life which have all shifted in their absence. Number four, the milestones my person will never celebrate with me. Number five, the conversations I wish I had. Number six, the people who've come into and will come into my life, who my person would have loved and who would have loved my person. Number seven, the milestones they will never hit and all the dreams I had for them. And finally, number eight, everything else that could have been. Now, I'll be honest with you, reading that list, it kind of hits. It it, it brings up the, the wetness in my eyes, and it really gives me a, a lump in my throat. And it's because many of those we try desperately not to think of actively each and every day because of that exact result. So to sit with this list just a bit more in detail, I'd like to share with you my take on each of these as I feel right now and based on my experience since the loss of my wife, Colleen, in July 2020, nearly three years ago. Now, there's a side note. Three years sounds like quite a long time. And here I sit trying to reconcile how three years has gone by because there are certain days it feels so fresh and others which just makes me feel it's been forever. And that's constant, no matter if you're three weeks past or three years past. So consider that about the person you're trying to support. So nonetheless, let's dive into the list of eight things I'm actually grieving, even three years later. What I'm actually grieving. Number one, my person. Everything about them, their presence, their scent, their sight, their insight, and how they balanced me. And that loss is forever. That loss is not a weekend away. That loss is not... A European travel without them. That loss is complete, finished, final, and forever. And that's what we miss. We miss the actual person. We miss the ability to sit down at the end of a day and go through our day, maybe the week ahead. Plans that we were to make for summer vacation or Christmas or You name it. It could be uh, the third Thursday of the month for absolutely no reason than date night or a ball game. Those are the things that we are missing about our person. It is absolutely, completely all-encompassing, everything about that person. And yes, sometimes it's even those, those little things that... You are now ashamed of being frustrated about that person. Maybe it's because that person, when you said, hey, let's go out to dinner, and they said, hey, I'll go anywhere you want, and everything that you offer as a suggestion seems to be, no, I'm not in the mood for that, right? We've all had those times. And we've all had those times where we thought it would be so nice if that didn't ever occur, if I didn't have to go through this process again. And let me tell you, I want to go through that again. Absolutely. So, yes, what am I actually grieving? We're actually grieving our person. Number two, the person I used to be before they died. Now, this one is more accurate than people will ever know. You see, you become someone different when you lose someone forever, no matter how hard you try not to. Just like you became someone different when they came into your life. So it just simply makes sense that if and when they exit your life, you will change as the person that you were, because truly, A very large part of you is no longer here. So whether that translates into, I used to be happy and now I'm sad. I used to be, um, I, I used to have patience and now I don't. Or it could simply be, I used to be more outgoing and now I simply want to stay home. However, that translates to you as the person who is missing their person Keep in mind you're also missing the person you used to be before they died. Number three, the dynamics with everyone else in my life, which have all shifted in their absence. Now, friends, family, people in your circles, they sometimes fade now that your person That connection with them is gone, and that's really tough. You find you really need to work hard at staying connected with some people from your us group and see if they now have room for a you in their group. Now, some will always be around, and that's wonderful. And some will start fading and will start pulling away. Whether that is intentionally or whether that it just simply is, because that's what happens, you have to be okay with that because it's not a reflection on you, it's not a reflection on them. Yes, some people will not be able to take the loss of their friend very well. And although you know that your heart has been ripped out and you live with it each and every day, you also have to understand that other people live with it every day as well, even if it's just a friend. So yes, we definitely miss the dynamics that we used to have with everybody else because those dynamics are different because that one person is no longer here. Number four, the milestones my person will never celebrate with me. You never quite realize how many milestones there are in life until you lose someone. You suddenly realize how much you took for granted all those milestones, large and small, before. And yeah, this one should be relatively easy to understand and to make assumptions of. But it's definitely different in practice. And when I say you would not believe how many milestones there are. Keep in mind what I'm speaking of is it's not just the Christmas and the Thanksgiving and the birthdays and the anniversaries. Those milestones are huge and those are actually pretty pretty obvious. I think everybody can understand those, but it's those little milestones. It's paying off a car and they're not here to see it. And you both were working so hard to do that. It is painting a room. That's a milestone. Believe it or not, painting a room without your person is a milestone because you did not have the discussion that you normally would have. You did not have the input. And this was something, for the first time in a long time, you had to do and decide all on your own. Number five, the conversations I wish I had. Now it is truly inescapable and nonstop. So many conversations you find weeks, months, and even years after your loss that suddenly pop up in your idle mind. And you will beat yourself up because of many of them. But you can't. You don't come to that realization, however, soon enough that you can't beat yourself up over it. So when you are trying to understand someone's grief, and you're trying to support them, these are the things that they are thinking about. The conversations that they wish they had can bring a good day down to a bad day, because they are internally beating themselves up. And grief is much more than just the physical loss of that person. It is all the details that go hand-in-hand hand with that person and which affects each and every day. Can you imagine the conversations that you wish you had and which you cannot correct because they are no longer here? You might have thought about saying something to your son or your spouse, or your grandfather, and then three, four days later, you contact them and say, hey, I was meaning to talk about this, and you have a chance to actually do that. When you lose somebody, when they are no longer here, the conversations that you wish you had can never be had. Number six, the people who've come into and will come into my life, who my person would have loved and who would have loved my person. Now, there's going to be a day that will come when you realize you are speaking with someone who never knew your person. And that will be the biggest surprise and sadness you have felt in quite a while because you realize you can never make them understand what they are missing not knowing your person, and this is something that kind of creeps up to to somebody who is grieving because it's not something that you think of. You don't prepare yourself for this, and then suddenly you realize it in the moment that there is something that you are experiencing that your person is not, or better yet, what this particular list says is that you are talking and experiencing and becoming friends perhaps with somebody that they will never have known your person who has gone. And your person will never have the ability to become part of their life as well. And that's a shock. And that is a different type of sadness that, again, you cannot prepare yourself for. And number seven, the milestones they will never hit and all the dreams I had for them. Especially the dreams, the plans, everything you thought you both would witness together or milestones, of course, that you would have had the chance to watch them achieve as they grew older. And all of this is just simply no longer possible at all. So, yes, this ties into the milestones, but it's also more about the dreams that you had for them. And understand that when you are trying to support somebody who has lost a child, perhaps, or a brother, they are living with a future that no longer includes that other person. And thus, any of the dreams that they had for that other person is also. Lost. And finally, number eight, everything else that could have been. Now, this list in and of itself is ridiculously lengthy and seems to grow each and every day. Anything and every little thing that could have been with someone who is no longer here is the most daunting concept that you will ever have to struggle with, period. So yes, it ties back into the dreams that you may have had for them or the hopes that you had for your life in five or 10 or 12 years, but this one is everything else that could have been. And I want to focus on everything else that is and could be the smallest of details. It could simply be making a decision without them. Perhaps the first time that you have to purchase a car without your special someone, your spouse perhaps, that's going to be a daunting task. Everything else that could have been, such as the way that you had planned to retire, or the grandchildren that you would share as the decades moved forward, suddenly, the loss is much more than just that person. It's everything else that could have been. So when you are trying to better understand someone who is grieving, whether it be three weeks or several months or a few years after the loss, understand each and every one of these items on this list can be part of what they are, on a daily basis, struggling with. They are not only missing their person. Their grief is not only for that person, but it's for everything about that person and the life that will no longer happen because that person is no longer here. And in that life are so many, so many details. And so many little things. In addition to the big things. So here's a thought for you. Consider. How many thoughts. You have each and every day. I'm sure scientists have made this. uh, Statistic. uh, A reality. And there's like thousands of thoughts. That everybody makes. And has every single day. And right now if your family is whole, if your extended family has nobody who's lost, some of those thoughts might involve those people. But consider this. Consider when you have lost someone. Now your daily thoughts, the ones that you don't even realize that you're having. Perhaps you're contemplating four days from now because the weekend is approaching and you know what, you need to do this and this, and I've got to tell so-and-so this. Well, that's fine. And this is something that we don't even consider, but we take it for granted because suddenly when you lose somebody, you don't have the ability to do that anymore. Their presence aren't even in your thoughts or cannot be in your thoughts because they are no longer here. Yet your mind still puts them in your thoughts and you will catch yourself weeks and months and sometimes even years doing something, thinking about something with them in mind as though they were still here. You know what? That is grief. That is the depth of grief. And that is truly what I'm actually grieving right now. Thank you again for joining me on the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am always so thankful that you are here each and every week. And with this week especially, I know this one is a bit heavy, but it's also a lot true. So please take that in consideration when you're trying to help somebody and trying to understand what grief truly is about. It will go a long way. So please, I recommend and invite you to stop by the community and let your voice be heard. Share your story or ask questions. I am always glad to help if I possibly can. You can head over to to thejourneytograteful.com slash community to access our social media channels on Facebook and Instagram, request to become a guest on the podcast, or contribute to the blog with your story. And while you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation through your grief. I also invite you to connect with me via email at tim at to And more importantly, why don't you just give me a call, leave me a voice message, or simply text anything that you'd like to 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. And remember, if you like the show, please share the podcast with a friend. Take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show over at Apple Podcasts. Why do I constantly ask you to do that? It's because it actually goes a long way in showing the podcast to more and more people who don't know that it's out there. This is a resource that could definitely help others. And I want more and more people to understand that it's here for them. So go ahead Head over to journeytograteful.com. You can simply choose leave a review. It's a button on the homepage or on the podcast page. So now I find myself wondering how do I properly close out an episode which has been quite focused on the emotional details of grief, those untold details. And I believe I'll share just one more detail about grieving that your friend or your family member may be dealing with on a daily basis. It's actually rooted in the idea of keeping busy, which, by the way, you can listen to episode 84, Busy is a Friend of Grief, to discover a new understanding of what keeping busy might mean in grief. So this quote I'm going to share is from Lola Lawrence, and she writes... It's in the quiet I miss you most, when my mind has the chance to wander and my heart has a moment to remember. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any other episodes you may have listened to. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.